Hi, welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. In the last episode, I covered the topic of the number games we play with ourselves. I talked about the numbers we tend to obsess and focus heavily over in our lives, whether that's our weight and size, followers and likes on social, running times and distance, our age and money. They all fall under the category of what I like to call the number games. If you haven't heard it already, you should definitely check it out. In this episode, Natty Michelle, one of my good friends here in New York City, joins me to cover the topic, the truth behind toxic tendencies. We'll be talking about toxic tendencies through bad habits, such as over drinking, taking on other people's energy, getting to a funk, procrastination, fixating on what someone is doing, unfollowing on social media, and more. Thanks for joining me. The last time I had you here was, it was like the Seasons Of series, so it's been a while. That was the beginning of this year? Yeah, I remember we were were wearing jackets and coats or something. It was cold. And that was definitely a much heavier kind of a conversation. Yeah. So I like that this is... We're energetic yeah. and just like a... I mean, still a serious topic. Serious topic, but, you know, but sounds like more. we're catching up. Like, I haven't seen you since... Well, the last time we I saw each other was our hike, I think. That was our hike. It was a fun hike, though. It was very fun. Um, Natty actually has a blog post, if anyone's interested in hiking yes. Anthony's Nose, upstate New York. Grace definitely led the way on that because I would have been lost in 2.5 seconds. I had no idea where the trail was. We made it out, though, eventually. We, we survived it. We did. Anyway, I haven't seen you in a while. I'd love to catch up with you. I wanted to have you for this episode to talk about toxic tendencies. Yes. I know that you and I have like talked in the past about like your drinking, and I thought this would be perfect to have you maybe like expand on your experiences. Um, You know, I'm sure a lot of us during quarantine really just turned to alcohol. Or did it just a tad. (laughs) So I'd love to hear more about that. So let's talk about toxic tendencies and the truth behind them. When I think of toxic tendencies, I tend to think of bad habits, Um, things that people do that are toxic versus like toxic people. So why don't we talk about the bad habits that we consider as toxic. Yeah. So for me, I've always just been a social drinker, just, you know, mostly drinking out with friends, going to events, obviously before the pandemic and everything hit, we, you know, we were always out at events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was always having wine, but living alone and being on lockdown and being by myself for three, four months, it was a lot for me mentally and emotionally and, During that time, I I lost my grandfather. I obviously wasn't working. So many of us lost our jobs. We couldn't leave. We couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And I definitely turned to alcohol as a comfort of of some sort. I I don't know. Yeah. Not realizing that drinking pretty much every single night I was having wine for those three or four months, it was heightening my anxiety and it was interrupting my sleep and it was making me feel sluggish and I'd wake up in the morning and I just didn't feel good about myself. So I finally got to a point where I realized that I was overdoing it, Mm -hmm. that it was becoming a bad habit, that it was becoming an unhealthy habit. And I just kind of made that conscious decision at that point to cut out alcohol completely. Yeah. 
not knowing how long I was going to do that. I just knew that I needed to, you know, to stop altogether for a long period of time. So it's been about 80 something days so far. And I've only had wow. a drink one day. I went to a winery for a friend's birthday two weeks ago. That was the only time I drank in all this time. And I actually realized like I didn't miss it as much as I thought I would have. I feel better than I have in a very long time. And I'm sleeping better. It's helped a lot with my anxiety, not, you know, not having alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I feel better mentally and emotionally. Obviously, I'm still struggling with certain things. And we're still in the height of everything right now. There's there's so much going on, so much to adjust to. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, cutting out the alcohol altogether is like what I knew that I had to do. And I'm just so happy that I've been doing it and sticking with it. And mm-hmm. I don't really plan on drinking again, at least not until my birthday next yeah. month. And then occasionally, maybe during the holiday season. But other than that, I, I'm i in a good place now. And mm-hmm. what was once a bad habit, and now I have such a better handle and control on it. And yeah, I just feel good not doing that anymore good. as much as I was. Yeah. First thing is it takes... 21 days to make a habit. Yeah. So I bet for you, like it was hard in the beginning, right? I'm guessing like for for you to like take a stand and be like, okay, I'm not drinking anymore. And then there's like you subconsciously still craving it. Yeah. So like how did you fight those cravings? So I, you know, I've gone without drinking in the past before, usually never longer than like a month or so. So I didn't know in the beginning how hard this was going if it was going to be really difficult for me or not to stick with it but surprisingly this time it was easier than I thought it would be I don't really know how to explain it Hmm. I think the first week was probably the hardest okay because I was still home a lot and I in my mind I was like you want wine you want wine and I'm like no you don't no you don't like you don't need it you're okay but then once I got past that first week or so, and then I started running at the same time mm-hmm. and doing daily workouts. So I felt like I was kind of replacing the alcohol with that. It's something that consumes your mind. Like, and then running started to consume your mind more, Yeah, which is a good thing, you know? Um, so I think like you didn't really need to just go to alcohol anymore. Cause like running yeah. became your comfort. And I think so much of everything is, is mental, right? Uh-huh. And it's the way that we speak to ourselves. It's the things that we say to ourselves. And throughout this whole process, I've also am at a place now where I feel I am nicer to myself. I'm kinder to myself. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten out of that habit of feeling like I need to have certain things that are not the best for me or the healthiest for me. And I've learned how to, yeah, replace that with things that are healthy, do help improve my life in a positive way. Mm -hmm. So when did you know that it was becoming toxic for you? Like, where was that line? Okay, we went into lockdown in March. My grandfather passed away in the beginning of April. That's when I noticed I was drinking even more. I was very emotional. It was like Mm. so much going on. I was drinking a lot more at that time. I want to say my last drink was July 14th. So leading up to that point, I was already kind of talking myself out of it already. I was like, all right, you got to not drink every night you know, start cutting it out a little bit by a little bit. But I don't know what it was. July 14th, I said, this is my last drink and that's it. And that that's kind of just, mm-hmm. you know, what it was. I knew for a while that I needed to stop, but I was still continuing it at that point. But I don't mm-hmm. really know what it was that kind of gave me that like mental shift that I needed. I just sort of felt like, okay, enough is enough. My anxiety is really bad right now. I'm not sleeping well. I'm waking up. I'm feeling sluggish. I'm in a bad mood. There's so much going on right now. I shouldn't 
have to feel this way on top of everything else that's going on. And yeah, I just, I made that decision and it was like the best thing I could have done for myself. Yeah. And I feel like you and I have communicated a lot during quarantine too. And I remember when we were like catching up and just like talking about everything going on, you would mention that you would mention like, yeah, you know, I have like wine once a night or just I was having two to three glasses of, of wine a night. And again, I've always just been a social drinker. Yeah. I would drink at home every now and then, but not every night, not like this, not every day for, for months at right. a time. But yeah, and as I would tell people like you, I felt a little bit of shame about that. Like, really? A little bit. I kind of felt like... Like I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, like, like I knew that I was overdoing it. Overdoing it. And again, yes, I think a lot of us, I know a lot of people in my life, a lot of my friends have said I've drank a lot more during quarantine. Like a lot of us have, but there is that point where it becomes unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And for me, I knew that I was at that point. And I just didn't like how it made me feel. And again, I'm not saying I'm never going to have a drink again, mm-hmm. but it's all about having like a healthy balance. Right. You know, and knowing when you're getting to that point of it being a very bad habit. Yeah. I agree. Over drinking can be a toxic tendency if you if you really push it. Yeah. So another toxic tendency I think is a bad habit is people pleasing. I know I covered people pleasing in another podcast episode. I talked all about people pleasing and you know, my fear on it and why we do it, all these things. What's your what's your take on people pleasing as a toxic tendency? I have definitely been a people pleaser in my life. That's actually something that I realized a lot this year. How so though? Like how do you know you're people pleasing? Because I started thinking back on just certain friendships and certain situations and all the times that I've said yes to things that I didn't really want to say yes to, but I did because maybe I didn't want to hurt the person's feelings or I don't want to let them down or I was just trying to do what I knew would make them happy. I've always been someone who has made other people a priority like all the time throughout Mm -hmm. my whole life and relationships and friendships and being alone for so long and being with your thoughts, you really do get to reflect on so much. And that's probably been the best thing that's happened for me this year with all of the horrible things going on. The blessing for me has been that it's just opened my eyes to so much. And it's made me realize a lot of what I've had to work on and improve on within myself. But people pleasing is definitely something that I have done a lot. Even the littlest things from someone wanting to talk on the phone all the time and you don't really want to talk on the phone all the time. You don't have the energy to do that, but you know they want to, so you do it anyway. Yeah. Or you're not really in the mood to go out and someone wants you to go out and they're kind of trying to like nudge you and Mm -hmm. nudge you and okay, fine. And you kind of just, you give into it. But when you start doing that all the time, it's it's a bad habit and it's toxic to you and yourself and your wants and your needs. Yeah. What you're taking away, like essentially what is a priority for you and it's like making you... I don't know. It really messes with your mind. I think there's a line between, you know, caring about your friends and caring about the people that you love and wanting to do things for them Mm -hmm. and, you know, making them happy. But then there's also like, oh, the point where you're doing things that even you don't want to do, but you're doing it just for their sake. And then inside you start to resent them or you resent other like the things that you do for them. And, And then it really just like makes you feel you're not taking care of yourself and that's so toxic and it like for you. builds up it builds up too and what i've noticed for myself is with the people pleasing and just certain like friendships and situations 
when you let those things build up over time, it just gets to a point where either a, you're going to like explode on them. Mm -hmm. But ultimately you have to say to yourself, man, like it's kind of my fault for not really saying clearly like what your boundaries are, Mm -hmm. what you're okay with, what you want to do, what you don't want to do. And I think also along the time I kind of forgot really what I wanted because I was trying to please right right you're taking in everyone's wants and needs that you like completely neglect yours and everything you stand for and you take on their energies as well oh yeah speaking of energy I'm really big on you know energy and I kind of always knew I was an empath but I really realized that a lot more recently but I take on other people's energy which can be a good thing or it could be a bad thing Mm -hmm. I get drained very quickly I get overwhelmed you know very easily in certain situations but yeah, I'm just, I'm so big on energies. And yeah. That really comes into play in relationships and friendships and just mm-hmm. any kind of dynamic that you have with someone in your in your life. I think I'm very similar to that because I'm thinking of an instance where I was actually in a car with someone recently and they were, this. well, I'll just say this person was kind of bothered by something and mm-hmm. irritated and I wasn't irritated. But then I remember starting to feel like irritated and bothered and just like annoyed for no reason, but only because the other person was kind of giving off that thing. And so like like, absorbing their energy. We were absorbing it. So when you say that, it's so true. I know you say this to me all the time, the people that you surround yourself Mm -hmm. with, you really have to make sure you're with good people that have your best interest at heart because if they don't, then you really will take in bad negative energy. For me, I not only have I taken on their energies, but in certain situations, I have felt like their narratives have kind of become like my narratives. And that's when it becomes like too much. And I feel everything very, very deeply. Yeah. So if someone's experiencing a loss, or like the times that we're in right now, I I take that on so much. And it, it heightens my anxieties. And you know, it heightens a lot of stuff for me. So it is really important to kind of get to that point where you can sort of separate yourself from that. Yeah. But it, it is so important to yeah. try to kind of get to a place where you can you can do that. But again, this all ties into just people pleasing and Oh yeah. You know. I mentioned in the the people pleasing podcast episode how I knew a um a people pleaser in college and she was really good at it and I thought of that as like, oh, she's just a very, very loyal friend. And I was like, that's the kind of person I want to be around because she just like mm. did everything for me. She was always there, so supportive, always like complimenting me, nothing bad. We didn't argue about anything. And it was just like a smooth friendship. And I was like, she is such a loyal friend. And then I remember there was this one time where she, because she even volunteered to take my photos for me. I was like, this is great. Like, of course, like if you want to do it. Like super supportive. Like, yeah. I was yeah. like, she's supported. Like, this is so sweet. And then it turns out like she would tell all her friends that she hated doing it for me. She never wanted to do oh my it. Gosh. Everything opposite what she's telling me. And hearing that I was like, no, that's not her. But then like hearing it over and over from other people, it was just like, whoa, it was like mind blowing that someone can completely do a 180 right behind your back. And so that just reminds me of now because I do care about like wanting to help people and support and all this stuff, like not to do the same thing. Um, And if there's something that I don't want to do, 
I'm going to tell you no. Yeah. It's not about walking on eggshells, making sure you don't hurt people's feelings. But, but that's hard. why boundaries are so important. Boundaries. And that's something yeah. that I I know that I have to still work at that. Yeah. I've always worried of hurting someone's feelings or upsetting them because I don't want to do something or I'm not willing to do something. But it is really important to set boundaries and be clear about that like early on in a friendship, especially newer friendships. I feel like I have friends that I've been friends with for years. You know, we know how we all are. So we're okay, but newer friendships, when you're really just starting to get to know someone, mm-hmm. you do have to be really clear up front. If not, so much just builds up inside and yeah. it, it really just carries out into the friendship in like a I lot agree. of ways, you know? Yeah. But yeah, if, you're, if you don't want to do something, just say, say it. it. I mean, it's, yeah. I know it's not easy to it's set not. those boundaries, but man, we have to. We have to start doing what's best for us as well. You know? Yeah. My mindset whenever I friended someone new was to always be on good terms with them. Like, I don't know if it was like the people pleasing in me or just like I was very sensitive, but I always wanted to make sure I was good with someone. And I would, what was it? I never wanted to get past the honeymoon stage of a friendship. <laughs> like never. I was like, can't get too close. Can't tell them everything because if they do, they're going to, something's going to go wrong. I kept like maintain that level yeah. and if it tried to like pass it, I would freak out. If it, tra- if it wasn't enough, I would freak out. I know I was very like That's sensitive with friendships, but now I'm just like, no, if I don't want to do something, I will say you it because be clear about it. Yeah. So That's I don't know what it was. Like, I think I just like wanted, I wanted people to be happy and I didn't want anyone to be mm. mad at me. Are you someone who like you can't handle if someone's upset at you? I used to be, oh. but now I'm like, I am all, I'm not all for myself, but, but you're in a better place. I'm in a better place too. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be like that too. I, gosh, there's a lot that I got to work on. And you keep <laughs> saying all these, this in the constantly in the episode, but I don't love confrontation. I'm not, I'm oh. not a very confrontational person either. That, that also ties into the people pleasing and being an empath. It's kind of like all tied in to one another. But I have been learning with just each experience and friendship as I get older in life, just how important it is because, yeah, there's 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 a lot of room for improvement still, but I'm working at it every day. Yeah. Oh, well, when you say confrontation, was there like an actual time recently where it's like, man, I, I need to confront this person? Here's what's interesting. So in my 20s, I was fine with being confrontational. Okay. You know? Gosh, I don't know how deep to get here, but... Let's go deep. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. I don't know what it was. Like, before my father passed, I had two different relationships back then. Not healthy relationships. Toxic. Speaking of toxic tendencies, they were toxic relationships that I was in. But I was not afraid to be confrontational. And I really wasn't a people pleaser back then, which is... It's kind of crazy. I have lived two very different lives, I always say. Mm Mm-hmm. The life when my father was here and the life, you know, after he passed. But now in my 30s, as I've gotten older and I have just become someone who doesn't love confrontation, someone who really easily takes on other energy, Mm -hmm. someone who's been people pleasing for years. And it's just, you know, like I said, it's something I know that I've had to really work at and Mm -hmm. I've had to work on. But acknowledging that is so important because sometimes we don't acknowledge it and we don't realize what we're doing and how it can affect certain things, you know, in our life. Yeah. I feel like I'm going off on a tangent right now. No, I think I know what you're trying to say because you're just someone who doesn't like conflict, period. I just hate it, but it's part of life. It is a part of life. It is a part of life. Also, because I've been single for so long too, Mm -hmm. 
I think that's a part of it. And living alone, yeah, you start to you I take on inward. a lot within myself, yeah, which is not a great thing because I take on so much at once, which right. causes anxiety and everything. But yeah, I I think being alone for so long that was something like a negative part of being single for so long was that I was just taking on so much mm-hmm. and forgetting how to really you know be in a relationship and kind of have that confrontation you have to have confrontation that's in a relationship true. it you is do. true it's two people it's see i've done a lot of soul searching this year <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of realizations yeah yeah but yeah you know what i'm actually working on for <laughs> well since quarantine is procrastination mm. <laughs> speaking of things working on this year you're a big procrastinator (laughs) but here's the thing though i i'm just someone i've been this way since college i work very well under pressure it stresses me out yes yeah no yeah i always i've always said like the pressure is good for you that's like that was like my motto but it's a bad habit it's a bad habit because like Like, i'm not a planner i Mm -hmm. you can give me a million planners (laughs) and i might write in it for like the first week and then that's it and then it just collects dust in my apartment i'm just not a big planner I'm more like go with the flow spur of the moment kind of a thing I can't do that it's good and bad <laughs> in our like lifestyle what we do for work I haven't had that like structured kind of a lifestyle since yeah. I was in my 20s yeah you know so but yeah. yeah I'm a big procrastinator Wait, we talk about this like oh I'm gosh. a I'm a big planner and and you're like, what are you? Writing? This was like the perfect episode for me because I have done all these things. It's like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> all my flaws are coming out right now. Yeah, I'm just pulling out everything about you. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, no, procrastination. I think, well, at least for me, was like the biggest in March because that's when, one, I lost all my clients for this freelancing business that I was trying to grow and it just shut me down. So when it shut me down, I just lost energy to do things so I was just like putting off a bunch of things like putting off pitching to people putting off this and putting off that just in my way of making me feel better about it was it's COVID it's quarantine I'm like people are dying like I can relax like stuff like that so I was like trying to just I don't know but all that is valid it is valid and like like, understandably so I mean Mm -hmm. I don't Anyone that I spoke to, especially in March or April, no one seemed to be very motivated. Yeah. And which is good because it also made us realize like we're the type of people, not us just in general, but like we as humans feel like we have to always keep progressing and progressing means working and doing and especially so much. living in the city. Yes. We're, const- we're always on the, mm-hmm. on the go and hustling like day in and day out, doing a million things. So it was very different to have to just stop all of that yeah. and to be home and to figure out like yeah. what is like happening Yeah, like how right to now. chill, like how to not do anything and just take care of ourselves mentally. Mm-hmm. So hard. But I, yeah. So how do you feel that you were able to work through that at that time? I think then I realized more of, no, this is a break that I do need to take. If I'm not working, I'm not doing anything. That's how my mentality yeah. goes. And so I had to shift that mentality of being like, you're not procrastinating. You're taking in time when the world is turned upside down. Yeah. So, yeah. So procrastination, I guess, in some ways with work that I could have still been working on versus just straight up do nothing um but yeah procrastination has been is a toxic tendency because i think 
in our minds we're like okay it can wait it can wait it can wait but like we keep pushing it back yeah and the more we push it back it never happens and it, it, I mean, it really does stress us out. Exactly. And so we put that stress on ourselves because we're the reasons why we're not doing it in the first place. Yeah. So um, on top, another thing with procrastination, laziness. Yeah, that ties into it too. <laughs> laziness, yeah. Um, yeah, like getting into a funk. I think, I mean, I think all of us at some point or another, you know, we fall into a funk for different reasons. This year specifically, I know a lot of people who have been, I have definitely fallen in and out of a lot of funks this year. And I mean, speaking of work, and I've I've been very candid with my online community, I could be candid on here. I've only really had one job since March. So it's been a lot of months for me of not having consistent work and doing this for nine years for myself. And this is the first time something like this has happened. And it definitely caused a lot of stress and anxiety for me just trying to figure things out. But something that I learned throughout this process too. And it kind of touches on something that you said before that when you're not working, you don't feel like you're being productive. What I've been taking this time for, well, obviously, yes, I have to figure what's going on with work and figure out next steps, Mm -hmm. but I've been learning how to be productive in other ways in my life. And I've been taking this time like for myself to like do a lot of Mm -hmm. self-reflection and self-improvement, which ties into me running now and me not drinking now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just doing other things for me outside of work and outside of content creation Mm -hmm. and just for myself and for my mental health and my well-being and I wouldn't have probably done these things you know if we hadn't gone through what we've gone through this year and Mm -hmm. hopefully work would have still been you know up and running and this is usually the busiest time of year yeah holidays content creator just with the fall season and the holidays and obviously a lot of influencers for lack of a better word, influencer, but a lot of influencers are still getting, you know, sponsored campaigns and stuff like that. And which is amazing. That's just not how it's been for me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know what's going to happen, but not to go off on a tangent, I have learned to just be productive in other areas. I'm still procrastinating with certain things mm-hmm. though. Cause I know I don't have all the time in the world to figure out you yeah. know, what's going on for me with work. That's another bad habit. What I tend to do is when I'm unsure of something or I'm confused or I don't know what my next steps are going to be I get into funk sometimes or I like shut myself out from certain things procrastination doesn't necessarily just mean work you know procrastinating can also mean like life goals and I know that I've procrastinated things that I want to accomplish with goals that I've set in mind um, for my future and so it's like I'll think about it and I'll not take initiative on certain things um not necessarily my work but something that falls under bad habits with procrastinating on I don't know things that are priorities to us and I don't know why at least for me why I like put it on my calendar I put it in my notes or my planner over there like I don't know why I have it everywhere written everywhere but I do but then when it comes down to thinking about it, I'm like, it can wait because it's not a deadline. I think that's what it is. Like, it's not a set deadline that I see like a client. I have to do this content for them. That's kind of next like how week. you are wired or how you work. Mm-hmm. You need a deadline. Right. 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 So I'm starting to think if there's no deadline on it, it's not a priority anymore, even though in order to get to where I want to be, it is a priority. Yeah. You just have to kind of shift that. Shift that. Shift that. So I'm working on that. I mean, I 
for sure procrastinate with certain goals too. Like we were just talking before we started recording. I've been wanting to write a book my whole life and I've started and stopped so many times. But I think why I procrastinate is because I, gosh, I allow myself to hold myself back for whatever the reason is. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I feel like I try to talk myself out of certain things. I don't know why. Yeah. But the more time passes and it's like, hello, when are you ever going right. to do what your dream is? When right. are, you know, now is the time to do it. So like you, I procrastinate with that, but not because of not having a deadline. It's just, I think I have to shift the way that I speak mm-hmm. to myself when it comes to certain things. Exactly. Like you're, you are your worst critic. You really are holding yourself back. Oh, absolutely. And that's why, again, so much, everything is so mental and how we talk to ourselves. Yeah. Comes so down while I've it. improved in a lot of ways in certain areas, mm-hmm. I still have you know, more room for growth there too. Yeah. And I think all of that can lead to stress. And I think not being able to manage your stress can really just mess you up mentally. I mean, it kind of snowballs, you know, everything. Yeah. Like I think they all fit in together, like the laziness, procrastination. I wouldn't say I'm really an anxious person, but my stress level can build in a way where I will erupt And like, I actually have these like stress eruptions every now and then because I just like hold everything in even without like talking about it. When you say stress eruptions, elaborate a little. What do you mean? When I'm overwhelmed with a bunch of things, like I have a bunch of things on my plate um, that I need to get done. And instead of just looking at it one by one, I look at it all together. Mm. And to me, it all looks like jumbles. And all of a sudden I'm literally erupting and everything just spills out. And I'm like, either cry because I'm emotional or I scream or I like just take off and go run or something because I can't take it anymore. So, but I have those often. Okay. I need to look at all my things as one by one and then cross that as a whole. And I, it's like, uh, it's a struggle for me. It's a process. Yeah, absolutely. I've gotten anxiety attacks. Really? Yeah. I mean, thankfully they haven't really happened to me out in public. You know, Mm -hmm. typically it happens when I'm home. A lot of it, is nighttime anxiety with like the stress from the day or it's like a buildup of everything. But for sure, I'll either cry mm-hmm. or I'll just feel very irritable. Yeah. Like everything is just like annoying me and bothering me. And it just puts, it's just not a good feeling. Yeah. You know, but I think learning how to tackle things a little bit by a little bit mm-hmm. instead of as a whole, because that's when it really overwhelms you. I know now because I know what triggers me. So it's whenever things start to stack up, I'm like, I literally have to separate it. I can't look at it as in like, I have 20 things to do. I look at it like I have two things that need to be accomplished by 2 p.m. and then 4 p.m., stuff like that. So I'm doing much better on that. I think I tend to erupt at people who are closest to me. Like My family gets a lot of my heat. (laughs) Um, But I also do that, which is not good. You know, you shouldn't go off on someone. And the more you do it, you know. That's not right. No. So that's my bad habit for stress management. Can you take moments for yourself where mm-hmm. you literally are doing nothing? It could just be, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes out of your day, just like so you can decompress and just breathe yeah. and just like kind of reset yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you obviously you're a runner. You you run. yeah, I'm sure that that's something that helps you so much too. Oh, yeah. That's actually so the reason why I started running, well, I've well, I've been athletic all my life, but like I really started running a lot in college um, because I was always stressed. 
And that was my, like a lot of people stress eat and a lot of people do other things when they're stressed. But for me, it was running. I, and it's me running as fast as possible is how I get my stress out. So I would actually put myself through like physical pain to stop being stressed. Wow. Stressed a lot. (laughs) I mean, I've never been a runner, but started running in July. So I've been running a couple of months now it's just been the best thing for me because it's Mm -hmm. helped so much with my anxiety. But for me, it's not, you know, trying to run as fast as I can. It's just moving my body and being outside, out in the open, getting the fresh air. And I'm not overthinking things. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting anxious thoughts. It just, it's so therapeutic and it's such a release. It feels like everything's just kind of leaves your mind. Yeah. I literally feel like I run yeah. with an empty mind. The I was very say, be- what do you think about? Well, at like yeah. the very beginning of my run, I do think I'm thinking about things. But then as I'm getting a little bit further along, I forget what I'm thinking about and I'm just concentrating on the run and you know, seeing how far I can go and setting goals in my mind for myself. Yeah. I completely agree. But yeah, it helps so much with anxiety and stress. It does. It's such, such a huge release. Yeah. Anyone who is probably going through this sort of the stressful mentality, maybe try running. And obviously not everyone's a runner or is no. into running, but even just going for a walk. Going for a walk. A long walk, two miles a day or a mile a day, just anything. I feel like just moving your body in general is, mm-hmm. is such a great thing that yeah. we can do for ourselves, you know? And That's I started funny. doing, I do workouts pre- almost every day, even if it's just a 20 minute workout. It's a great way to start my morning. Mm-hmm. The endorphins are real, man. No, yeah, it's and as cliche as it sounds. It really is. Real. <laughs> and it just makes you feel good. And it's just starting off the day, you know, with better energy, you know, more positive energy. At least that's what it does for me. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, speaking of energy, I know that jealousy is a, oh, it is such like, what is it? What do they call it? The green eyed monster? Or yeah. wait. Did I say that right? The green eye. It's not green eye. No, wait. The jealousy is a green monster. It's not a green. I've never heard that. Really? Maybe I don't know. In Othello, 1604, Shakespeare refers explicitly to the green-eyed monster as jealousy. Interesting. Okay, so I was right. Jealousy is the green-eyed monster. Um, I know we both probably can talk a lot about times that we've been jealous in ways of I we talked a little about this before but we both have been had jealous moments Mm -hmm. um in our blogging experience yes I I feel like I'm in a good place now but in the very beginning so I've been blogging this is my ninth year which is so crazy but the first few years it was still so new and I was just trying to find my voice I was trying to find my place in the industry and when you start working with brands and maybe you see other people that are doing these huge campaigns or I don't know, being in magazines and like all these things and it hasn't happened for you yet, you can start to feel, I mean, I guess jealousy also ties into comparison. I know you've talked about that already, mm-hmm. but that is a big, a big the, part of yeah. it. And what happens though, is when we focus so much on what someone else has or what they've achieved we really do forget about what we have accomplished already. We forget about our own blessings. And we're also only seeing a certain part of their picture, right? We don't really know what they've gone through behind the scenes and all it's taken them to get to where they are. If they're not sharing that, we don't know. Yeah. And we just look at our own struggles, you know, and we're kind of like, okay, it's happened for them. Why hasn't it happened for me yet? I mean, I can, I can speak more to the jealousy not really with the blogging, because in the in the very beginning, yes, I felt jealousy. 
as I've gotten older, I noticed that I was sometimes getting jealous of some of my friends that were already getting engaged and getting married and having mm-hmm. babies. And, you know, I'm 36 and I'm still single and yeah. I am not close to getting married yet or having a family of my own. And it took a really long time for me to be okay with that and to really embrace where I am, you know, in my own journey. Mm-hmm. But for so long, I, I felt a little jealous. I mean, I don't know if jealousy is really the right term, I guess, and so in a sense. Yes, a little bit. But it was because of I was comparing where they were at in their life to where I was at in mine. Yeah. But it's a, it's a dangerous thing and it's it's like a slippery slope. I mean, you yeah. know, it just, it really brings you down. And once you start feeling that it can be difficult to get yourself out of that headspace. Yeah. And whenever I think of someone being jealous, I don't think of it, at least for me in my terms, when I'm jealous of someone, it's more because I'm in a low place myself. And, mm. and so I attack, yeah, I attack anything that is doing well. It's almost like me critiquing myself. Like no matter what, being jealous or envious of someone is more of how you feel about oh, yourself. Yep. Just like what you say to someone is a reflection, a reflection of, of you. Of if you. you're not in a good place, I think if you're happy with where you're at in your life and what you've accomplished and what you've done for yourself, there's no need for you to feel like these negative feelings or jealousy towards you know someone else. But when you're not the happiest... And when you're going through a lot of internal struggle and you're dealing with a lot and you see someone else is like so successful and that's really mostly what they're posting and, you know, nothing mm-hmm. else, you start to feel that. Yeah, like you latch onto oh. it. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, it's, it's totally a reflection of like you and how you feel about yourself and where you're at, you know, yeah. in your own life. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to acknowledge that and realize that. Mm-hmm. And also it does tie in with something else I know that we w- had wanted to touch on, but don't follow people on social media or in real life that for whatever reason, maybe don't make you feel like good about yourself. Amen. (laughs) If you are constantly comparing yourself to everything they post, if everything they post like annoys you Mm -hmm. or gets under your skin or you feel like these negative jealous, Oh gosh, just unfollow. Yeah. It's just yourself a favor. (laughs) It's, it's just so toxic for you. And you don't need those feelings to develop like even further. And it just brings you down. Yeah. You mentioned something that I think this is the first time hearing it Mm -hmm. called hate following. Oh, yeah. I've heard this so much. What is hate following? I've just heard that. I I feel like everyone I follow, I obviously I like them. (laughs) If for whatever reason anyone has ever made me feel a certain way, I've just unfollowed them over, over the years. But I've heard the term hate follow a lot. It's like when you don't like someone, but you follow them. Well, you're nosy. You want mm-hmm. to see what's going on in their life. You want to see what they post. But every time they post something, you're talking crap about them behind their back or sharing screenshots of whatever they posted, like with your friends. Like I know people who have done this, and I'm like, don't follow. Like just unfollow. <laughs> just unfollow. It's not healthy. Yeah. If you don't like someone, you don't need to know what's going on in their life. Yeah. And it's better for you to just distance yourself and yeah. to like leave that alone. Or if you still want to follow, just mute them at least, like just do something so you don't have to see their content. But yeah. I really don't recommend following anyone that you don't like, like or makes you feel a certain way about yourself. Exactly. And I don't know why people still do it. It's like, yeah, I think it really is just a way to gossip and just talk negatively about someone. For and what reason? It, there's so much gossip that goes on around content creators and influencers. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. Yeah. But it just, it really is just so unhealthy. 
Yeah. It's like, don't even put yourself in a position to have to feel that way about someone. If you don't like them, just don't follow. Exactly. This actually reminds me of something that I was thinking recently. I think I was thinking yesterday. Um, and I just got back from a trip to Vermont, but I was posting a photo um, and I was looking at my insights and I saw it had been shared and it was private. So I didn't know who was sharing it. But in my head, I was already being like, I know why they shared it. They shared it because this is a basic fall look or a basic fall shot or something along the lines of it being fall. And I was thinking of every excuse possible to just try to paint it in a negative way. I don't want to laugh, but I want to laugh because I have totally done that in my mind where I see a photo that was shared uh-huh. and obviously some people's pages are private though. That's yeah. another thing. That so if someone's sharing your post to their stories, you're not going to see it because their page is private, but you start to wonder, Oh my gosh, are they sharing my post to their friends? Gossip. Are they talking badly about mm-hmm. But we have to stop that. I know, but I was already creating doing that. a narrative that we don't even know if there's any <laughs> truth to. And if there is, look, I really hope like I have such a great community of people, but we can't please everybody. No. Not everyone's going to like you, right? Or not everyone's going to agree with everything you share or like everything that you post. But if anyone follows me and if for any reason I've made them feel not good about themselves, just I would not want them to follow me. I don't want to make anyone feel – I mean, I would hope that I don't, but I wouldn't want to ever make anyone feel that way. But I just laugh because, like, I've totally done that to myself. You look at the shares and you're like, okay, 25 shares. Well, only wow. 14 are public and mm-hmm. they're private ones. Yeah, it's like, what are they saying? What are, yeah, that's exactly what it was. But that's what happens. We create a false narrative in our minds. We don't know if there's any truth to it. We're just, it's like an anxious feeling. You yeah. start to think like all you these are negative to, thoughts. Yeah. And yeah. the first thing that you do is you always lash onto the negative like mm-hmm. thinking. Mm-hmm. It, you don't even think of it like, oh, they might actually be saying it's a good outfit or something. Yeah. Instead of being like, no, no, no. There's something about the outfit they don't like. It's like we're automatically. <sighs> Man, I was doing that to myself and I was like, I got to stop. I was like, but what I do I feel like that. I feel like that's like an insecurity. It is. I think it is. But it's also like I I try to put myself in like the way people see things. They might see it as this way or so that's the thing bad. like when you're sharing so much online, yeah. you just don't ever know how it's going to be received. Mm-hmm. But that's just that's, that's part just of it. what we do. Yeah. So we we put ourselves out there. So that's our we got to have thick skin to do what we do. Yes, you do. You really do. You really do. <laughs> Man, that's the truth behind toxic tendencies. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next episode in the series, Navigating Change. In the episode, I'll cover the mindset and type of approach for navigating change through personal and professional aspects of our lives. Whether that's a new job, new home, situations that call for change, or just things in the age of coronavirus, I'll be reflecting on a lot of the changes we've had to make, especially this past year. Thanks for tuning in.